I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Stockholm, Bratislava, and Amsterdam. My name is Henrik. And I'm David, and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. So Henrik, you were in Amsterdam recently. Tell us why. Yeah, I attended a workshop called Digital Identities Powered by Google News Lab in Amsterdam. And I was a speaker at the first Digital Identities Powered by Google News Lab workshop in September in Stockholm. The Digital Identities framework was created by Abe Adhikari. So the workshop powered by Google News Lab is a pretty new concept for Google News Lab uh, because it's centered on social media platforms and social media engagement, which is one of Abe Adhikari's specialties. Yeah, so I was invited to the session in Amsterdam and I talked a little bit about some of my projects, including the Check Your Facts podcast, actually. Nice, and uh, what did people say to that? People were very curious, so I made some great connections. And you actually did an interview with uh, Matt Cook of Google News Lab. I sure did. Uh, some, some of the topics you discussed were Facebook and Google collaborations, the Google News Lab concept, and the pros and cons of the Google brand awareness. Uh, is Google News Lab uh, actually a publicity stunt? Um, do we really want Google and Facebook to collaborate together? Uh, these are the things we discuss after the interview with Matt, Matt Cook, so stay tuned. And with that being said, let's just go ahead and listen to the interview. Matt Cook, you're the lead of Google News Lab in UK, Ireland and the Nordics. Yeah, that's correct. All of the cold rainy <laughs> yeah. countries or the the best places to go of course maybe less so in winter but uh yeah lots of innovation lots of ex- exciting things going on in those areas for sure yeah and today we're actually in amsterdam the netherlands um, we just finished the workshop the digital identities powered by google news lab here in amsterdam on the folks hotel mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on the workshop I think it was a really interesting day. We had a gathering of people from different experiences, some people who freelance in a big international newsroom, some people who are staff at small, medium and local newsrooms, and people with uh, international perspectives like yourself. Uh, And this, of course, is um, something we first trialled back in summer last year in Stockholm, where we said there was an opportunity to do something a bit different for people who wanted to experiment, think about um, their digital persona, uh, maybe away from the newsroom in a different setting. And so this is an extension to that pilot we did in Sweden. This uh, event, as you said, has taken place in Amsterdam. I'm going to Copenhagen on Wednesday, Oslo on Friday. And then the team here will also go to India in uh, a couple of weeks' time as well. Or you do, I mean, Google News Lab. Are you doing lots of these different kinds of workshops and uh, innovation labs? We're doing lots of different work to support journalists and help them uh, improve some of their digital skills. Um, we launched the News Lab in Europe in April 2015. Uh, there's now a team of us based here um, and we've trained 30,000 journalists in Europe since that time. 
Uh, I'm a former journalist, so I know that taking time out to learn is not always the easy thing to do. Uh, so we try and offer things, uh, courses, in a number of ways. In the UK, for example, we tried doing uh, workshops in the evenings because we knew that a lot of working journalists didn't have time to go to lunch, let alone take an hour out of their day to learn a new skill. Um, so that was successful for some. We also do big events, so we do lots of major conferences with the European Journalism uh, Centre. Um, we have got five News Impact Summits coming up this summer, for example. Uh, or we do some of the more um, smaller groups, the hackathon events with Global Editors Network. Whatever works, we will uh, run a session, get feedback and iterate on that. Often we will also, when invited, go into newsrooms and run workshops and we do that a lot, uh, a lot of different universities as well. So. Um, whatever works best and we're keen to keep uh, getting feedback yeah during lunch we were you and I we were discuss, discussing with one of the participants of the workshop and she told us that whenever she uses a Google related product people are like hey I could have done that myself you know because it's it's Google is that a problem for you when you're working with um, Google products in journalism in Europe or when you're doing these kind of workshops? Is it a problem for you that you are in fact Google? Well I think it's safe to say Google doesn't have an awareness problem with journalists yeah. uh, or anyone <laughs> um, but you know to be fair Bing, Yahoo, other providers are available uh, but for some of the tools that we are talking about today and we talk about in our newsrooms uh, in the workshops I'm always very keen to point out that it's story first, technology second. You know, my background is journalism. I'm not a tech expert uh, compared to some of the people I speak to and people I meet when I go into newsrooms. Um, but I think if we can raise people's awareness of tools, whether they're Google or not, uh, then I think that's a good thing. And certainly the presentations I do, we always talk about how uh, we can... Uh, do something on a Google tool, but also if you found if you find uh, another third-party tool that does something similar, why not mention that as well? Because it gives people a choice, um, and I think people prefer that choice uh, rather than me just sort of saying everything has to be done in a certain way. Because what I've definitely learned in the two years or so of doing this job is that people uh, work in different ways, people um, will experiment in different ways, and they'll use tools how they want to, as opposed to how we or any other organization says they should use them. And as you said, awareness of Google isn't really a problem for you. People um, have heard of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what about awareness of Google News Lab? I mean, people within our sector, within the news industry, do they know about Google News Lab and what you do? And how are you promoting the work you are doing? Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. In Europe, Back in April 2015, we launched the Digital News Initiative, and that in itself was a big news moment. It was um, our effort to be better partners to journalists and to publishers across Europe. That is still ongoing. We have an innovation fund, which is the 150 million euro um, pot. Uh, we're now into round three. There is a product change, so conversations around AMP, which is accelerated mobile pages, and basically how does the web work on your mobile, those uh, changes came from conversations around DNI. And thirdly, training and research. That third bit, training and research, is 
largely powered by the work we do in the News Lab. The News Lab is a global team. Uh, we have people based uh, in Europe, as I said, but we also have a team in uh, the US. I was recently in Brazil and in Singapore to launch our efforts in those parts of the world as well. So we are uh, expanding that effort. Again, though, it goes back to this thing that you know every market is different. Uh, and whilst we as a team, the Google News Lab, want people to be aware of us, it's more important that they are aware of the tools that are available to them mm-hmm. and the training opportunities that they, uh, they can get. You know, we provide training options for free, as, as we should. Um, and so whatever we can do to make those more popular, the better, I think. A few years ago, um, the relationship between Google and publishers was a little bit frosty, I could say. Um, I mean, we all remember the debate about Google News. Uh, there were some major publishers who were really upset about the curation of their news uh, that Google was doing. And fast forward a few years, and The Guardian is actually abandoning instant article, Facebook instant article in favor of the Google accelerated mobile pages. So it looks to me like the relationship is getting better and better. Um, do, you, do you think, I mean, do you agree with me? Is the relationship getting better between Google and publishers? And if yes, how much is that because, or you know, I mean, thanks to Google News Lab? I think it's well documented the challenges and opportunities that publishers face with regards to the internet and uh, from our point of view anything we can do to be a better partner and to help publishers create a sustainable business model uh, that is our priority Um, and you know individual publishers individual markets will have their own perspective on uh, those challenges those opportunities Uh, I've not seen any data that suggests that relationships have changed uh, for the positive or or the negative, but uh, and you'd have to speak to individual publishers. I'm sure they'll have uh, feedback uh, on all the things you said. But from our point of view in the news lab, um, you know, we feel like we uh, are listening and we are providing training options based on that. We're also doing other things. You know, uh, the fellowship that we've launched here in Europe. We've now. worked with publishers to provide 50 different placements for young journalists, so journalists who are about to start their career. Um, they've had the opportunity to go and work in a newsroom for two months. We provide the stipend, the newsroom selects that person. Uh, other things we've done to support uh, experiments in virtual reality, um, the, you mentioned The Guardian, they uh, released 6x9, which is a, a landmark and award-winning piece of VR that Uh, We had a a small role in helping them uh, get off the ground. Um, They're the kind of positive things we can do. Um, uh, But I think, uh, you know, you'd have to speak to individual publishers about how they're seeing things uh, because, you know, the market's changing rapidly. uh, Audiences are increasingly on mobile. So there are lots of forces at play. And have you approached or, I mean, do you approach other platforms, like other social platforms. I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, Google AMP, accelerated mobile pages, and Facebook's instant article, which is basically the same thing for different platforms. 
I mean, you could possibly perhaps do something together. I mean, you could collaborate with Facebook. Have you considered collaborating with Facebook? Or do you see them as a rival, a competitor? Well, I think there are examples of collaboration for people to see. You know, one that I'm aware of and have been involved with is, you know, the efforts around verification and training journalists on how they can use tools and make judgments on, on the content they surface online. Cross-check is something we've launched in France. You know, we're here when uh, the election is uh, still ongoing, of course, but um, you've seen 37 different newsrooms collaborate together with support from Google News Lab. Twitter and Facebook are also part of the wider First Draft News Coalition that we set up. So there is that co coalition, there is that collaborative effort um, when it comes to that hot topic. More generally, it comes down to individual products, it comes down to individual um, services and tools, and they're the kind of decisions that will be taken in Mountain View and uh, uh, from people way higher up the food chain than me. Yeah. So will we, have, will we ever see Google, Google Stories? Like the Google <laughs> equivalent to Facebook stories and Snapchat stories. Well, <laughs> this is the you know million euro question today. Uh, what will we see in the future? So replace Google Stories with any sort of merging of those two brands, and who knows? But I um I think you know collaboration of any sort, whether it's with a journalist and a, and a tech expert in one newsroom, has to be encouraged. Um, and I think you know we. All the kind of tech companies that I work with and connect with, uh, we've got very good uh, relations personally with people in in the, uh, in the London sort of area where I tend to base. And uh, when it comes to the big stories, the big moments, there's always opportunity to learn from each other and, and uh, iterate as we go along. Yeah. And about monetization within the news industry. I mean, both Google and Facebook, um, other social platforms. Mm, of course, other search engines as well have a history of innovation. So it's like, I mean, at least I would say that the core of the Google and Facebook monetization is innovation. So to me, it's very obvious that the news industry is in desperate need of innovation. Having said that, what do you think are the most difficult challenges facing the news industry today when it comes to monetization and or innovation? Mm -hmm. So I think you are actually seeing innovation in publishing and you are seeing uh, newsrooms making uh, decisions about how they reach audiences and uh, how they present their content. The... Um, the Guardian again. We keep talking about the Guardian, but you know, the Guardian they are obviously looking at a membership model. We're seeing other uh, organisations here in the Netherlands working on pay per article, and uh, others are thinking about paywalls and subscriptions and things like this. Um, DNI Fund. One of the, the criteria, one of the thought starts that was given was, you know, do you have an innovative idea you want to test around monetization? Because um, there is yet, there's no sort of, uh, no one has cracked it yet. And there's lots of um, uh, people who are keen to test ideas. So that was something that we talked about 
when round three launched. Um, but I think you know the move to mobile, the move to digital is uh, you know in many northern European markets has happened already, and so that monetizational challenge uh, is very apparent. I think the broader challenge that I definitely see when I go to different newsrooms is this cultural element. Um, and certainly when you are thinking about the differences between, say, a company like Google and a traditional news organization, there is there are cultural differences. Uh, the Californian element of, you know, people can innovate and fail fast is something that uh, some people uh, say you can't really do that if you are maybe a, a legacy publisher where others are actually taking elements of that and putting that into practice. So, uh, but as I said, lots of different experiments and uh, but clearly monetization, that, that is a key challenge. Yeah. And many people, many people I talk to within the news industry, within journal, digital journalism, um, they often talk about the two sort of extremes. Like either you need to have have s- scale, I mean massive, large scale, or you need to be niche so that you can, I mean even though you don't have uh, the critical mass, you have people willing to pay for your product. So this is definitely the million dollar question what's in between that is uh, yeah a great question I think when you think about niche you can identify those for yourself so there are publishers who have a very strong awareness of who their audience is or what their topic is I still think even if you're not niche there are benefits and there are opportunities to find out who your audience really is where are they coming from um, what are they doing when once they're on your site or when they're engaging your content? And it's taking lessons from the data you do have available and implementing that into your strategy. Um, that, I think, is uh, the best way of looking at it from an audience perspective as opposed to what have we always done? What is our structure right now? Um, but I think, you know, there are success stories definitely in niche. There are definitely also success stories when it comes to those thinking around specific markets as opposed to just topics but you know we are also seeing large organizations going for scale who are still innovating and still reaching audiences that you know five ten years ago they would never have been able to uh, get anywhere near so again it's going back to this element of testing experimenting and iterating your plan you know as more and more publishers publications are putting up paywalls and have and uh, releasing subscription models. How much are you adjusting the Google algorithms? Because that's one of the many concerns I hear when I talk to publishers. Lots of publishers they have a semi-locked site, so to speak. They have articles which are free for everyone, but then they have a big chunk. Of the content mm-hmm. is behind a paywall. Yeah. So, how much are you taking this into consideration? How much are you taking this into account when you adjust the algorithms? Mm-hmm. So well, the algorithm uh, is changed, you know, more than 500 times a year. It's uh, something we uh, iterate on. It's something that uh, you know I'm not privy to those changes, and something that 
um, people always ask about and they uh, maybe would like a commentary on, but we don't provide that, unfortunately. Um, Feedback on subscription and paywalls uh, is being listened to. uh, And that is, again, conversations that will be uh, taken on board in California and elsewhere. At the beginning of this, uh, this workshop, we were talking a little bit about new apps and uh, to quote uh, Abe Adhikari, <laughs> um, there are a few shit hot <laughs> apps out there. So which are your top shit hot apps? This is the hardest question you have asked me. Uh, really? <laughs> no, actually, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, the ones, I'm just going to use the ones I use. So I'm going to open up my Pixel phone oh. for some branding for you. Um, so the ones I use, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, playing music, kind of the standard ones really. WhatsApp. Yeah, WhatsApp. Uh, BBC News. And that kind of um, sends me regular notifications. Um, the London map is pretty useful. That shows me... Wow. Which underground station I should get London on. Ma- yeah. yeah, which is uh, free, I think. Uh, I'm actually quite old school, and I think Shazam is still worth having. No, uh, a month ago, I didn't even know that sh- that Shazam uh, existed. Are you joking? <laughs> no, I was just, I, I used I was... it so many years ago. Oh. <laughs> and then it's like, I, I didn't use it anymore. Then I, then I, what? Is, is that app still around? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uncool. But for me, I've just been using it constantly. Um, the one I really like, which I don't think I've installed on this phone yet, is a VR one. And it's the Google Cardboard app. And that, uh, if you get hold of a cardboard device, these, you know, the slightly different price point VR headsets, that allows you to turn a picture into something that you can look at through uh, cardboard. Um, take a look on your store and find it because it's free and it's uh, pretty cool so <clears throat> um, you mentioned a few projects related to VR virtual reality um, how about augmented reality I think augmented reality and for us that means tango um, will be really exciting uh, the idea of putting a virtual world on top of a physical world. Um, There are challenges there. Do you do that in a fixed location? Do you do it in a way where anyone can access that content anywhere? Is it something that, again, going back to what you said earlier, is this a niche thing that will always be niche? Or is this at some point going to be scale, uh, offer scale? Who knows? But um, one exciting thing I saw recently was a US dollar banknote. You uh, put your phone, uh, you turn your camera on, and there's a certain app which I'll find for you that allows you to see the White House come out of this US one dollar note and with helicopters and flags and everything. Small gimmick, maybe, but I think uh, a good example to say that there is potential to tell. Uh, stories in new interesting ways uh, there will be always an audience for these kind of things but the question is does that reach everyone at the moment probably not but I think AR has a real potential um, uh, but 
with all these things VR included, it will need journalists to apply the story first and then add the technology on afterwards. So, last question. Which are your top five... Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> top five favorite innovators when it comes to storytelling. So I, I'm not going to say publishers because there are lots of, of other platforms which aren't, you know, you know really mm-hmm. publishers, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're storytellers. They have storytelling content. So which are your top five uh, favorite innovators when it comes to storytelling? That is your hardest question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably not going to give you five, but if that's okay. But I think... I'm finding lots of examples of innovation from the Berliner Morgenpost. Yeah. Uh, whether Very it's uh, mapping or uh, you know VR or data, they're a really interesting uh, publisher that seems to be experimenting a lot. Um, RTE in Ireland uh, and Glenn, uh, who is the Mojo expert in, of Europe, I think. They're doing lots of interesting work around mobile journalism, filming and uh, visualizing uh, video for mobile audiences. Um, I think some of the VR coming out from The Guardian and Daydream uh, is really interesting now. The piece going under the sewers in London was uh, a nice addition. And there's there's more coming from that sort of uh, thread of virtuality uh, that's coming from uh, Francesco Panetta there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, without going through every other country I work in, there are the, the three that I'd pick out. Um, lots of examples in Sweden, of course, as well. Yeah, <laughs> especially in Bonnier. Yes. <laughs> so how's that for being biased? So anyway, Matt, many thanks. Super nice to have you on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Great, and we'll add all of all of the links to Google News Lab and other, you know, in the description to this episode and on a Medium account and Twitter and everywhere. So, perfect. Thank you. Thanks. So that was that was an interesting interview. I, actually, one of the things that stand stood up to me, like it was kind of a funny question, was uh, you asking Matt about uh, Facebook and Google collaborating. Yeah. Um, I know you, you you had like the best interest in your mind, but actually I'm a bit afraid, like do you really wanna want to like Facebook and Google to collaborate together and like to, 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 to do something together? I don't think that ever will happen, but just just think about it. Would you like to have them to like come together and work together? I mean, it depends because I, I was. It was quite funny that that the example we discussed in the interview was actually not really a collaboration between Google and Facebook. It was more a collaboration between newsrooms where Google and Facebook happen to be involved. Like they happen to be part of the collaboration but anyway i mean i guess it's supposed um um, i guess it depends on what kind of collaboration because i think for i think that facebook has a lot to learn Uh, they should be more inspired by how google is working and google's approach to uh, to the news industry, and 
their approach to publishers. Because as I say, say in the interview, it's kind of, to me, it's very interesting that The Guardian is actually abandoning instant, Facebook instant articles in favor of Google accelerated mobile pages. And I think part of that is because of the, the still very frosty relationship between Facebook and publishers. Okay, uh, I get what you're saying. But actually, if, if you think about it, um, I wouldn't actually frame it like Facebook should learn from Google about how to like approach media. Uh, definitely, they're they like more experienced in this uh, area and uh, maybe doing a better job like PR-wise and uh, all, they have like different tools. And they, they came first with the trainings for journalists, which Facebook is now doing as well. Yeah. Um, Even LinkedIn, actually, well, it's it's yes. it's super trendy for for the social platforms to um, to educate journalists. <laughs> In a way, it's funny, but a uh, lot of the journalists need uh, the the education. Um, and uh, what what's the? I'm not saying it's bothering me, but uh, I'm not sure. Have you read uh, uh, the latest uh, article by Ben Thomas uh, on Stratechery? So he was um, dissecting the the thing that Google is changing. Uh, is doing a like a minor change to the algorithm, mm -hmm. but uh, as, as the Google alg alg search algorithm does not change a lot, so it's a big deal, even a minor thing. Mm -hmm. And they say they are like going to prefer uh, content which is like more trustworthy, and they are not saying or talking about the formula how they will. Um, say which which content is most more 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 trustworthy and he had an issue with that because in a way google when you google something mm. and something and and the, the answer comes up you believe that right so yeah. so well people so tend to believe that so. <laughs> people people like really tend to believe that um there was also like in Perugia they talked about this so so google has a little bit like different role in the media environment than like facebook mm. uh at least for now um facebook is still a platform for distributing but google is like much much bigger in the way uh people perceive information they get from google yeah so so that that's a thing i would like think about absolutely and i think um i mean the, of course there's lots of these kind of more how would you say concrete issues to address whenever we talk about different types of collaborations um collaborations between publishers and Google and Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. But one of the things, I mean, when talking about Facebook and Google in partic particular, is that Google is much more transparent. I mean, I'm not saying that Google is super transparent. They aren't, uh, Google isn't 100% transparent. But compared to Facebook, Google is very transparent about what they are doing. And they are, um, I mean, in my opinion, Google, they are open-minded in a way that Facebook isn't. Facebook is more secret. It's very, very difficult to, I mean, 
if Facebook receives criticism for something, it's it's almost impossible for for publishers to even get a comment from a representative from Facebook. And that's a, that's a very, very big issue because technical issues and, and issues with algorithms, issues with content, whatever, those can be discussed and they should be discussed and debated in open forums. So I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish towards Facebook because they aren't transparent and they aren't open. They are so closed and they are so secret. Um, which Google isn't. I mean, compared to Facebook, Google isn't. Okay, so funny thing here. Um, uh, I think Facebook is going uh, is is changing this due due to all the backlash that they got so. of fake news and <laughs> and the, like a lot of stuff. But but still, if uh, we had a problem with like we got a bunch of like our Facebook pages in our newsroom cancelled. Uh, we did not get like uh, any explanation, yeah. and I actually managed to contact like uh, like four or five people from Facebook, and none of them could help me. Mm. So everyone was referring me to someone else, mm. and they all said that the, the 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 issue is somewhere in the like the communications team and the team that manages uh, the Facebook. Um, uh, community standards yeah. and this is like a group of people who you cannot get to so so they it, it was as, as if they keep them in a room and don't let anyone else to talk to them mm. and i just don't know why because that would clear up so much thing and uh, confusion about how they decide in the end if like a page or a profile or uh, anything that on or an event on Facebook should be cancelled, and mm. um, and it's just like so secretive, and and yeah. that's that's what I have a like a big problem with. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, to summarize, just talking about the collaborations between Facebook and Google, I think as long as publishers are involved in those collaborations, I actually think that it will be positive. It will always be positive when publishers are collaborating with Facebook and Google. So if Facebook and Google collaborate some stuff, it totally depends on what they collaborate on and to which extent other sources are involved, so to speak. Um, Actually, Ben Thomas uh, at Stratacary touched on this one as well. Yeah. And he had an interesting counter idea to what you just said and he said like if if this is the case that they want to uh, collaborate and like work together with publishers uh it will always be the big mainstream like uh trustworthy like uh like old timers yeah. uh like guardian uh, new york times or, or bbc whatever and uh what about the like the little guys who who in the end like want to be well they, they they have to be like innovative they have to be uh, on the, at the edge of technology to like somehow uh break through and if there is this wall that facebook and google build together with the big publishers 
you, in the end you're like a, a bit like stopping innovation because why should i innovate if i have these like big platforms uh, uh playing on my side and i don't have to care for like these little um uh, edgy startups who can one day like yeah. uh, take over we should probably invite ben thomas to the podcast sometime <laughs> but um one of the things you mentioned when we discussed the interview with matt cook is like you you has asked me is google news lab a publicity stunt and and uh, i also we also touched on the topic of the google brand awareness um so matt was was uh, joking a little bit about i mean google they don't really have a problem with brand awareness so during the workshop uh me and matt we had lunch with two of the participants and they said that whenever they use uh, Google tools like Google News Lab tools or just Google tools uh, readers users tend to be very negative towards that because they are like hey is this Google then I could have done it myself so I was talking a little bit about about the pros and cons of the brand awareness I mean of being Google and doing stuff Google so I think these two questions are kind of related um but i'm very curious to know what you um what you mean by google news lab being a publicity stunt so could you okay could you uh, well, just <laughs> okay so that that actually sounds really bad i know people f- i actually met met with matt uh in, in warsaw like two years ago i know like uh Beata BL, who works for Google News Lab, uh, he, she's like responsible, I guess, for like Central Europe, uh, and, and they're like great people. So, so I didn't mean it in a bad way <laughs> towards them, but like, uh, if if you think about it, uh, Google News Lab started after Google had some issues with, as you mentioned in the interview, with Google News, and uh, it was like really bad at the time, like it was two or three years ago, I mean, it's still I, there. It's still not cleared up, I guess. Mm. Uh, it was really bad in Germany mm. because big German publishers were um, <clears throat> protesting Google. And then suddenly you get Google, uh, Google uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, uh, they started the digital news initiative. They started Google News Lab. They, they, they started their fund mm. and Mm, like of all these three things the the google news lab team and the people behind it um to me come like the most like earnest i i like to communicate with them because like they're like uh, like they're journalists matt uh, matt said in the interview that he used to be a journalist i think you still are a journalist you if you like once were a journalist but anyway um and uh, so so they're like really cool they're great trainers we, we actually had them in our newsroom so yeah. so that's all good but the other part like the digital news initiative part that to me looks more like a stunt because you you get like google pumping money into mm. european publishers uh full disclosure we uh, our newsroom also applied uh, yeah. yeah our too um, <laughs> I, I think most but, newsrooms apply <laughs> actually yeah definitely yeah. and um so so that's why i always have in the back of my mind yeah. like 
in in part i take it is like honest uh, an, uh, an, uh, an honest initiative but on the other part i always think of like the maybe the the bigger not the bigger picture but uh, about the mm. thing that like google is a like huge corporation like yeah. imagine in washington they are like google has the biggest lobbyist mm. in washington mm. uh so i don't think like when you come into Europe, you suddenly change. So, yeah. so, yeah, I I totally get what you're saying, and and I totally agree with you as well. I mean, I, I personally, I like the fact that the different, I mean, different sectors can come together and collaborate on stuff because, um, I mean, the things we are discussing right now about fake news and and viewability in in search results and and on Facebook and everything. I mean, it's it's something we have to deal with, and we can't. We w the publishers will never win a war if the opponents are Facebook and Google. It's just it's impossible. You can't beat them like that. And to me, I mean personally, I don't think that we should beat them. We should strive for clarity always. We sh and we should. I mean, uh, it's more. I, my personal opinion is that I strongly dislike the sort of. I'm I'm totally uninterested in the in the debate about Facebook. Is Facebook a publisher? Is Facebook a media company? No, Facebook isn't a media company. Come on, Facebook is not a media company. They are more like a distribution platform, and there are a lot of issues connected to. A social network being the top media uh, distributor, but we need to address them in the correct way. We should not address them like, "Hey, you are publishers, you you are a media company, so you you have to do stuff like we do." Blah blah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so that's why I am positive about these types of collaboration. But I'm also, of course, I always have in the back of my mind that Google and Facebook are corporations with um, with economic interests. The thing is, we often forget that in these days, in these days, with the news industry being what it currently is, our newsrooms, I mean, our news organizations are also corporate companies with economic yes. interests. So, um, what I'm trying to say is that I, th I think that companies need to work together in order to address issues that are very important to our society, to our civilization. But of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course, we should never, never, ever become dependent on good relationships with google and facebook i mean that's that's the running point sort of no i i i, I think it was a great interview so that's uh um awesome that you managed to uh, get an hour or half an hour or 20 minutes was it with him because he's like super busy as you said yeah and you could see so that's it for today folks yes and hey, don't forget to check out our website, which is checkyourfacts.eu. 
that's EU as in the European Union, still standing. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are active also on Anchor. And uh, most of all, listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. You can subscribe uh, to uh, our podcast on whatever app you like. You'll find the RSS feed uh, on, on the checkyourfacts.eu website. And Henrik, what else? Don't forget to always check your facts. <laughs>